Well, we made it back from Vermont after Memorial Day. I was yawning right then. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so, yes, I, there's a couple things to say. Lovely weekend. It was great. It was fun. It was wonderful. Beautiful. Now, that said, there are dead giveaways, as far as I'm concerned, that and there is there is a predictive forensic um um signatures on things that people say that tell me when things aren't going to be good food wise i've got friends i'm thinking of two in particular one from winchester one from a little later on who would always tell me you have to go to this place and get the steak and cheese it's the best thing you ever had ever had these friends also loved comedy that's not funny like they would love the, the silly Will Ferrell skits that weren't funny, in, okay. which was the bulk of the, his early stuff, like the Neil Diamond stuff, etc. And they, so they had generally bad taste, and without fail, the steak and cheese uh, subs were not awesome. The, the steak and cheese sub was not off, uh, awesome. Everything that they said was wrong, but because they had they were bad at everything, and, and just just their judgment was bad at everything. I actually was talked into. Something that every bone in my body I knew was wrong. This is nineteen ninety and eight. I was talked into going to a restaurant in like um, Jamaica Plain, in Boston, or okay. um, or I don't even know um, down near near that area, and I was told to order the turkey tips, and I said okay. He's really telling me it's game changing, and. <laughs> I, I I had these dry turkey tips, and I was thinking, even with a hundred gallons of hot sauce, truffle oil, and mayo, I couldn't make these things taste amazing. But his palate was stupid, so he thought they're amazing, amazing. You have to try them. So, <laughs> so I, I have. That's a good sign. You, there are some people who are good, kind of weather veins as to what actually is good, bad, terrible, and it's what they think is fantastic. A lot of times it has to do with pizza as well. I mean, so it's all the kind of dumb people foods that, that you got to look Well, out you're for. even <laughs> anti like deep dish pizza. Which oh, oh God. Is oh. And you're like a big Chicago person. Oh. So it's interesting oh, it's, to me that you reject the, deep dish pizza. The only thing a, Chicago does wrong is that deep dish pizza is rubbish. Oh, it's rubbish. It's a chore. Oh, yeah. I used to, there's a place down in near BU that I used to have to get back with an early girlfriend who would be so excited when he's getting deep dish. Uh, but I had to pretend I liked it because I had to pretend I liked <laughs> <clears throat> The other thing is this. There are just parts of the country that can't do things. Okay. It's true. Like we had, we had my first dog was a, um, a kind of a border collie named Wacky. I didn't name her. My brother named her. But anyway, we were only like six. And Wacky was a great dog. Border Collies are smart and lovely, and they're great dogs. But in Wacky, we'd get very jealous of other dogs if we'd play with other dogs, like Golden Retrievers. So we'd throw the ball to the Golden Retriever. And this is at our place in, in Winchester. And the Golden Retriever, of course, would run after the ball and grab it and come back, and we'd have fun. It was great. Wacky would get very jealous. So she would pretend to be a retriever too and she would kind of go after the ball but not really not didn't understand then she'd kind of grab the ball and not know what to, she just didn't have it. she just didn't have it and 
the state of Vermont just can't do a steak and cheese sub. It's just it, it, I was we were told that there's this place you have to have the grinders, and the and it's it's should be very difficult to screw up a steak and cheese because you've got you know kind of fatty steak, chuck steak, or whatever it is. It could be shaved prime rib. Well, sometimes. and Vermont does cheese very well, so you would think a lot of. Um, cheese-based yes. foods would do really well in Vermont. Yes, but somebody that just doesn't get it. So we went to this place. It's a classical place, whatever. And so somebody said, you have to try them. And even that person who told me, I got vibes from that person. I thought to myself, I didn't even think it to myself. I thought it out loud. That person <laughs> is, cannot be trusted to know. Good person, but can't be trusted to know what's really good, especially when it comes to a steak and cheese. It, to In order to make a good steak and cheese, you have to have experienced a steak and cheese at its best. And this crew, the place we went, mm-hmm. did not. And I forgot what the place is called anyway. But it's, 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 a, it's a nice old store and everybody is lovely. But the food might be northern Vermont good, but it's Boston, Philly, New York sucky. Right. Now, there's other things that I'm sure they do that none of us can do. For instance, corn. Corn up there is excellent. The stuff that you buy here in the grocery store, like right now, as a matter of fact, which is, I don't even, from Ecuador, I don't even know, is not the same thing. There's a lot of food up there that's just better. And you're right. The cheese game is fantastic up there. And there's- Oh, yeah. A lot of the like locally produced meats, veggies, um, you know, and prepared things with those meats and veggies, sausage, like jams, jellies, stuff like that. I mean, whether you're buying it at the side of the road, the local honey is amazing. Anything like that that they're making up there, that there's like a local industry of it, is really, really good. But yeah, I mean, certain things like, um, yeah, like tr- traditionally takeout foods, like right. subs. But I think we may be honing in on the reason why that's the case in Vermont. So, and we had... um kind of an experience on our way up to northern vermont as well um which is that we were hungry and we were kind of getting there too late where the local restaurants weren't going to be serving food anymore when we were getting there so on our way up we called a restaurant that was en route to our ultimate destination and um we looked for them online they didn't have a website which, was which the, is which is not the, not a Northeast Kingdom rarity, probably. Well, yeah, and even I mean, even a restaurant industry rarity, it's getting rarer nowadays. But mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's not not all restaurant industry people are uh, build a website. People. Well, true, and although the websites are easy these days, the thought would be that during COVID, everybody had two years to learn how to do websites. Right, well, but. And I don't want to disparage them. I, I actually, I don't even know. I am so confused by this <laughs> establishment. It's called Goodfellas in Danville, Vermont. It, it could be awesome. We don't yes, know Yes, it probably is. I've, so, I've driven past it a thousand times. I've always wanted to go in. So, um, but looking at their Facebook page, there was a photo of their menu from like a half a year ago. So um, we thought, you know, like we'll just order a burger and some fries and some chicken tenders and, you know, eat it in the car on our way. On the way. Exactly. Save time. Nice and efficient. No problem. So their phone number's there. I called them up and I said, hi, we'd like to place an order to pick up. And she said, oh, sorry, we're not doing takeout tonight. Now, and this, I mean, I just said, like, 
I'm non-confrontational. So I was like, oh, okay, well, thank we, you. Well, we're going to try night. to argue her into doing takeout tonight? <laughs> well, I don't know. But no, I mean, that's I just... I had the... questions. I wanted uh, to know more because I've never heard of that. Didn't see it coming. It seemed like it would be... It, it would be... Far less labor intensive for them to throw stuff in styrofoam and just hand it out, but she said no. And so Alice said, "Okay." I mean, you don't expect, you just don't expect that, because takeout is already done. It's just a matter of a box, right? It's I less mean, work it, than you know right, sitting us at a table and all stuff like that. Yes, it's the same as dining we need in. Less staff. It's, it's yes, it's the same as dining in, except they hand us the food. And we don't make anything dirty, and we leave. <laughs> right. We just skip the step where we sit at the table, and you bring us drinks and ask us what we want. We just It's the same as that. Where I mean, because usually you bring takeout boxes at the end of a meal anyway. So it, it's kind of like and we're just said, skipping a she, few no, steps. She said we're not doing that tonight. Right. So our question to you is, why is that? If you, Because we don't know. Is it because the takeout staff is... Everybody's one man banning it, and, and is just a staff shortage, and they they simply can't spare somebody to put the stuff in the box. They need them covering tables, or is that? It seems like is less it because they're trying to? to could it be that there's a limit on the food they have, and they're trying to prioritize people sitting there and eat drinking too? Mm. Which would kind of make sense, like you make more money on tips and whatever. Exactly. So you know, we get eleven people to sit here for four hours and eat the the bad steak and cheese and and those people are real those people deserve the food because <laughs> they're <laughs> drinking right but yeah we couldn't really come up with a good reason why you wouldn't be doing takeout i mean if you if you're not a restaurant that does takeout at all then maybe you don't have the containers and stuff I although so, most but... restaurants let people take home food at the end right. of the meal so you, you, you don't put it in your pocket. Like, <laughs> they have know. the container. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We had trouble coming up with a reason. So, And I mean, I've worked in restaurants. I've never heard of that. But maybe some of you who work in restaurants, some of you have done this where you reject takeout orders. But it is interesting to me, especially as like everyone's always like, oh, the restaurant industry is hurting so much. You would like we're just trying to give them money for food. So I don't understand, you know. It's perplexing to me why you wouldn't take a takeout order. But, you know, maybe there's some reason we're not thinking of why you wouldn't be able to. I mean, I guess you could just be, like, slammed busy and not have time. Like, yeah, this you want to prioritize this. Have you ever been to Quora? Um, why would a restaurant force you to eat inside instead of allowing you to take it uh, take out or to go order? This is from 2017. It says, I'm so confused and angry. Well, I'm not angry. Well, I know. I know. <laughs> Why is this person angry? <laughs> I understand the situation could be frustrating. There could be a few reasons why customers, um, why a restaurant would choose only to offer dine-in service. One possibility is that they are following local regulations or guidelines related to COVID-19. But that's over now. Another possibility and is that the restaurant may have limited capacity for dining customers and prefer to prioritize those who are dining in. Limited capacity. Additionally, some restaurants may have difficulty with packaging. We talked about that. Transporting food for takeout orders. It says, I recommend rec reaching out to the restaurant directly. There's, there's, that's not, we're not looking to be productive here. We just want to. <laughs> we're just curious. So, yeah, but then it was interesting because then you um, sent a little article about somebody did a study of takeout orders um, 
you know, by state in various states and um, like how much people search for takeout in different states. And Vermont actually ranked the lowest. They were number one for least takeout ordering in the country. So, you know, maybe it, uh, I don't know, maybe there's a lack of experience in takeout in the state because so what they quoted was that there's only 16 searches for takeout food per thousand residents per month so for example like in the town that uh you live in in vermont yes um it's about three thousand people so that means that every month there's fewer than 50 internet searches for takeout food which isn't a lot in that entire town for the entire month which, granted, like, you can just call up the local restaurant and order or, like, pop in and ask for takeout food. And you don't have to search it on the internet. But that does seem incredibly low to me. Now, it also could be that, and there are, you're right, there are a bunch of restaurants in that in the town. We have done Including, takeout. like, a Chinese restaurant, uh, well, two the, pizza yeah. places. And the Chinese restaurant is one of those that falls into the category of, like, not doing it. <laughs> not doing it right. There's like fresh country carrots in every dish. What? But it's fine. But you know, it could be that the Goodfellas restaurant, mm-hmm. which maybe why, by the way, and we have no judgment upon them. We're just trying to. This is a case study. Maybe the greatest restaurant in the world. But it's Goodfellas, as in the movie. There's like a right. Joe Pesci burger. There's a Ray Liotta like chicken parm thing. It could be that the restaurant itself is such a theme destination that. Like, why would you... You wouldn't get takeout from Disney, would you? I guess No, not. because it's a destination. Maybe Goodfellas is that good. That wondrous when you get in there that, like, we... They don't... But they said they're not doing it tonight. Maybe it's such the place to be, because that was a Friday night, right? That's it's, true. It's such the place to be on a Friday night mm-hmm. that it's so happening that we're not... Well, we then subsequently drove by it. Did it look happening? I don't even remember. I don't think we could see into the parking lot from that... Angle, from that direction. But yeah, I don't... But also, maybe it's... You know what? How about this? Okay. We're not doing it tonight because it's Memorial Day weekend, and they have no idea how slammed they're going to be. And so they're not, let, they're not letting jalapeno poppers, uh, you know... Walk uh, out the door. Yeah. Um, De Niro poppers walk out the door... <laughs> If they get slammed right in there. And who knows who could come in? Luis Guzman could come in. True. Who we ran into, by the way, at a restaurant. Lives up there. Yeah, lives up there. Apparently, everyone says great guy. Yeah. All the locals say. You guys know him. If you great. don't if you don't think you know Luis Guzman, if you've watched a, Our a movie Our daughter was last... excited because he's the dad in Wednesday, which I have not seen. Oh, right. Yeah, if you've watched anything, any movie in the last 30 years, he's been in it. Um... Yeah, so that was good. Obviously, the cheese was great up there. Um, although, Cabot Creamery no longer doing the factory tours, by the way. Yeah. Which our, uh, our youngest, who is a big fan of cheese and food in general, um, was disappointed to discover they're no longer doing the factory tours. And so there's a section on their website where they're like, instead of touring our factory... You should tour some of our family farms, many of which are open to the public. And then they're like, list of farms coming soon. But I see that. I see that. I mean, you don't need docents for Cabot Creamery. And they were that must have been such a loss leader. Like, what? why are we paying these people? 
to take like the the Albridges from St. Louis Obispo from California on a forty five minute tour of of our limited facility. I, I I don't I can see why. I mean I Right. And the tour included free cheese at the end, which was probably expensive for them too. True, although it was if you're into cheese and you have no idea it was a good tour you certainly it was actually too much of a tour i was i loved it i mean there was like theater seating in, in where the tour right. began and they do offer you stuff at the end and you get to preview some great stuff and in everybody always buys stuff from that gift shop in capit vermont is gorgeous it's a lovely little town um but i'll yeah i can show you i, I think that's a got to be an economy thing it's been it, things have been so unstable it probably takes a lot of staff to do the tours too and staffing is like one of the most expensive hardest things to get everywhere right yeah now. although you got to think as a business if you offer a tour as a business you know that offers more mystique you that's know? true and the cabot is a big co-op so it's all these farms working together and you know it's a thing but um but yeah they don't they don't do the tour i, I was i've I've done the tour. I don't like to be told to sit still and listen to somebody. So, but but anyway, the, the cabbage cheese is awesome. The whole program is awesome, um, and they do they they do they have a partnership with Jasper Hill, right? Um, yes, they have. Uh, Jasper Hill is a um, place where there's cheese caves in Greensboro, Vermont, and yes, Cabot owns a bunch of space in the cheese caves which isn't like literally a cave it's like all temperature controlled and stuff it's but... in the it's like hobbit holes essentially in the, right. in the side of the hill in um that cheese is wonderful jasper hill cheese is fantastic we, we have like the cats. blueprint in our house yeah, of the jasper hill cheese facility in case we need to break in italian yeah. job style and uh, well, steal extremely fancy cheese i'll take a picture of that and send that out that's a good and useful blueprint but that cheese is just wonderful. It's a wonderful place. Did you go to Lego's house? Um, yes. Yeah, so last week, and um, you know, I we kept saying like we'll we'll do a show on this tomorrow. We'll do a show tomorrow, and we, uh, you know, last week was just so packed and slammed. We didn't get to it until today. But we had an amazing time at the grand opening of the Lego Discovery Center in. Well, it's called the Lego Discovery Center Boston, but it's in Somerville. Yeah, it's at Assembly Row, which is one of these new, you know, upshoot cities that's all enclosed and it's got one of everything. It's mm -hmm. it, where they've re where they've reimagined There's like apartments and lots yes. of stores for rich people and uh, yes. a movie theater. And it's and... There's everything there. If I was a young guy, I'd be very interested in living around one of those places because I think they've kind of supplanted Boston as the place to be. Um, and it, you know, it's Boston, but with roads that make sense and plenty of parking. So it's a it's a it's a good place. Getting out of there, there's no point now <laughs> because you're stuck between. Uh, it's if you're in Massachusetts, you know what I mean. You're stuck between 93 and Route One, and in to get up. But here if to, your apartment was there, it would be. Nice that's the whole eat. point. Is yes, that's the whole. That's why you. <laughs> the live whole there. point is you never have to leave. You're in your own little bubble. But the Lego people were great. Their hospitality hospitality skills or or um. Just customer service skills were excellent. I thought it was it, it was something that I haven't seen in a while because hotels have so few employees these days. But they, I thought they were just excellent. They were great, engaging kids. 
They were wonderful. Yeah, and they actually employ people who are Lego master builders there who are like building stuff and showing it to the kids yes. right there, which is kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like lo- all the people there are really into Legos, which yeah. is fun because kids are really into Legos. And it's, it is, you do get the sense when you're there that most of the activities, and the, it's so wonderful. Actually, it's so they have these ramps for cars that it, you can build in you know hundreds and thousands of pieces of cars and the chassis and the in the whatever they're called the, little the axles, axles and it, wheels and it, tires yeah. and all the so little the, pieces yeah the kids challenge themselves to try to make the cars and all of our kids were 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 interested in that all of them were trying mm-hmm. to make the cars were retesting and testing and retesting and then seeing other people's um um there car- were also a bunch of things where you could like build things like build a rocket ship and then have it show up in like a video game of mm-hmm. the rocket ship and like land your rocket ship and stuff. Yes, so. and all it was very educational and very fun. Like it tricked our kids. Our kids didn't realize that they were being educated because they wouldn't want to do something. They but also came home and wanted to play with that's Legos. A, that's a huge takeaway for me is that they came home straight to more Legos and took them all out and put them on the table and they were like high on Legos and that was... That was very good. That was very good. As far as like food at the Lego place, very standard stuff. I don't. I didn't. I didn't need there to be anything more interesting mm-hmm. than you know whatever that the hot dogs and popcorn or whatever. Yeah, but like lots of like kid friendly options, you know. And they had like fruit and milk and stuff like that, which is always nice. At yeah, a place that caters to kids to have stuff like that. Yeah, but but once again, the staff was was on point there. It was a good event. This is a, a event where. They, uh, I mean, people just had the kids had to run of the place. Um, and the kids, like, they had a virtual reality thing where the kid sits in, like, a little egg and wears glasses. And that was, um, I don't know how it was because I didn't do it, but it was extremely funny to watch because <laughs> the kids are, like, reacting to stuff that's not there and, like, looking around and, like, reaching out to touch stuff that's not really there. It was extremely funny. I found it very amusing. All right, I've got some hard news now, Alice. Okay, hard news. Let's go. Norwalk, Connecticut. Norwalk Bakery receives copyright infringement notice. Um, copyright infringement notice. The owner of Rebel Daughter Cookies said she received the notice about a cookie named after the Got Milk slogan. The owner of Rebel Daughter Cookies Norwalk said one of her cookies had to be renamed. After receiving a notice of copyright infringement last week, Ann Grossman said she was shutting down her store Friday and checking her email when she received the notice. I initially almost dismissed it and deleted it because it had a drooling emoji in the email, Grossman said to the patch. And I just thought, if this is something serious, nobody's going to be using an emoji in an illegal email. After further investigation, she discovered the letter was legitimate and had been sent by a law firm representing California Milk Processor Board regarding a lactation cookie on her menu named Got Milk. Lactation cookie, what's that? It explains later in the article, but there are certain ingredients and stuff that you can eat that help induce milk supply uh, if, you're tri- if you're a breastfeeding mom. When I was creating lactation cookies in 2019, I thought it would be funny. It'd be a funny tongue-in-cheek nod to the 90s ad campaign I grew up with, Grossman said. Obviously, it was a play on words because it's a lactation cookie. I never thought that this was a huge multi-mega million dollar conglomerate. Who would ever care if they did find out? It was just supposed to be innocent and funny. It was a bit surreal, but they do own the trademark. Grossman said she initially asked if she could change the name to simply omit one of the words. However, the law firm refused to give her a day to change the name. She obliged and quickly took to Instagram to ask her bakery's fans for help renaming the cookie. 
So this is what I want to say. Um, the big California conglomerate, California Milk Processor Board, boo, what a bunch of jerks. Well, so- and idiots, too, yeah. because the whole point of the Got Milk thing was to raise awareness of like the health benefits of dairy and get people to eat more dairy. Right. So... And they haven't run any Got Milk ads in like the last 10 years, basically. It said the last time they've used the trademark for anything was in 2014. Right. And she's got an origin story that's compelling. And yeah. So anybody who's even saying Got Milk is promoting them and like making people more aware of them and the Got Milk campaign in general, which is good for the. It's not like she was selling T-shirts that said Got Milk on them or something. She was, they weren't trying to make a cookie. Right. She's not cutting into their business. This is why I think so many of these like copyright things are so dumb. Like how short-sighted are that? It's so stupid. So yeah, screw the California Milk Processing Board and their stupid trademark. When it's I a re- bad look. Bad look. <clears throat> yeah. Only Vermont dairy from now on. They would never. Another news story that we knew, that we've talked about here before in one sense or another uh, uh, artificial intelligence advances will allow computer kiosks and robots to replace most fast food jobs within five to ten years, according to an AI entrepreneur. This is definitely a watershed moment for AI. Uh, Rob Carpenter told Fox News, we are going to see AI jump from back office processing and manufacturing facilities to consumer-facing, front-facing, traditionally human-only jobs. So we saw this coming, and... This has been, you can thank the uh, people pushing the minimum wage hikes. Yeah, although the minimum wage hikes would have been one thing, but the actual just supply and demand in the labor market right now has pushed the costs of labor in the restaurant industry so high just on its own that they've it's made it untenable even faster. So the, the whole COVID pandemic thing and the amount that people make in these types of jobs. I mean, all the restaurant jobs are pay like not the tipped ones are making like eighteen to twenty dollars an hour now. Remarkable. Just in this area anyway. Yeah. Just to like work in the restaurant. Like you don't even need the minimum wage laws anymore. So yeah, if you're McDonald's, like they're all advertising that they start at like sixteen, seventeen dollars now for people that have no clue like what they're doing. At oh, all. absolutely! And if and, you're Starbucks, you're saying, "Wait a second! All my stores are unionizing and demanding." Uh, you know, yeah, you know who doesn't unionize? Right, <laughs> Siri. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it it's like a no brainer. If you're a big company that can make this big initial investment in doing this, it's going to save you so much money. I mean, like the mom and pop places aren't going to be able to do that for a while until there's, you know, companies offering sort of out of the box solutions for that, you know, smaller businesses can just buy. And that's coming too as they perfect it in the big brands. But the big brands that develop this, like we talked before a little bit about Wendy's doing this and they had to customize a lot of stuff to get it to to understand what people were doing and everything. Um, but yeah, and the, the companies like it better because the robot will do what they want every time. The robot right. won't be rude to the customer. The Doesn't robot will sick. upsell it's every time. Vaping. Right. It's it, like won't get the change wrong. It's you know it. There's nothing. 
there's no downside as far as the company is concerned. And they're having trouble hiring people, obviously, because every I mean, it used to be something to like comment on during COVID that there were help wanted and hiring signs literally like everywhere as places came out of COVID. It was like everywhere was hiring. And it's like you don't even comment on it anymore because it's just a fact of life now. That every right. McDonald's, every Dunkin' Donuts, every, like, literally every place has a sign that says they're hiring. Well, right. And a couple things on this. One, it's like the only thing that's that's not great generally, with some exceptions. We've got a Burger King near us that's in Groveland where the staff is on point. And, and there's also a Dunkin' Donuts that's over there that's awesome. And, like, sometimes if, there's, if you've got an MVP crew working – then, you know, I don't want robots involved. I like the crew, and I but need them. But that being to... said, like, the argument is that when you have the AI and you have great employees, it makes the great employees better because they can spend more time doing more stuff that improves your experience. They can spend more time actually making the food. They can making you know, a Big Mac look like a Big Mac. Right. They can do all the other stuff better and have more time to do it. If they're not standing at the window taking orders and doing something that a robot can just as easily do, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. So, I, I mean, like, that's the argument from their perspective is if we can only hire X number of people and they're costing us 18 bucks an hour. But then you're right. Like, for instance, we better be using their time to do something really productive and not just standing here. Right. So, for instance, one of the things that, that kills me is that we use the McDonald's app sometimes to order McDonald's curbside pickup. Yeah, I always do. So you order your the, the 83 items, then you drive there, then they start putting it together. It's like something that has got to get better than that. Well, they don't want to. They don't want to start making and then not have you show up for 20 minutes. Well, uh, I don't. The the, the, the that the onus should be in that. I don't want to wait. The whole idea of getting the app is the, well, yeah. You know, and there's so many of us. Track me, you there's know. There's so many of check, us check that our, like check our, our our app ESG score for being on time. Do something, right? But that's the thing too is there's so many of us, and the, that's the reason why I do it because I'm you're not always, but I'm almost always with the kids if I'm ordering McDonald's. So if I go through the drive-through with five or six people in the car. They're always going to ask me to pull over and wait anyway. Because well, my order is big. Oh, of course. Of course. So, I mean, from my perspective, I'm going to skip the waiting in the drive-thru and telling them my order number. Wouldn't it be part. nice if they could just hand you the bag? So, <laughs> seriously. I know. I know, but they're not going to. So, yeah, um, I I don't, yeah, I don't like to have to wait, but I do think that um, I understand from their perspective why they don't want to prep a whole order especially our orders tend to be like $60 worth of McDonald's food and then have it sit there for an hour while they wait for me to show up before we go Alice uh, mm -hmm. I want to because we had it over this weekend I want to discuss quickly poutine okay and I have more topics we can talk about too so if you want to tease that for a next episode we okay. can record a second episode as well okay okay we'll do poutine and more uh, coming up well I'll just briefly tell you that you feel poutine is overrated well not necessarily i think i gave it a better review than you and and the, the other adult who was with us uh i think there's a lot of value to it but it has to be eaten the first day 